Radio. Well, here is Callum Gallicol. How are you this evening, Callum? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. I'm back from the Atlantic. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, Callum, we obviously interviewed you uh, back, I, I believe it was in November. Um, and uh, since then, you've uh, you've gone out to Lagomera, you've uh, you rode... 3,000 miles, is it, and ended up in Antigua. I mean, what an experience for such a young man. Um, just uh, run me through how, oh, me, run, run us all through what it was like. What was, uh, what was the whole sort of experience like? And don't say, are you allowed to say <laughs> awesome, awesome if you want? Awesome experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, well, it, it, it was very strange. It was a strange experience. Uh, it, it, start, it started off, um, I, I didn't really believe what I was doing in the, in the first few days. I was kind of like, "Oh wow, um, this is what it's going to be like for the next, you know, fifty, sixty days." Um, and it it was very very strange. And I I, I was really competitive at the start, actually. Um, so I, you know, you could see all the other boats around you, um, and everyone was kind of fighting for first place. And it kind of seemed a little bit futile, really, because. <laughs> At that point, there's still a huge, huge oh, way to go. <laughs> yeah, quite right. But yeah, there was there was quite a big kind of start race, I think, and you know everyone could see each other on on their AIS screens, which is a kind of radio system to see where other boats boats are. Um, but yeah, I've, you know, I got into a pretty good routine, and that kind of developed as as it went on. Um, and pretty much once I got into that routine, every day was very, very similar to. The day before that, <laughs> um, I had you know I had I had a few problems. Um, my my auto helm mount, which uh, steers where I'm going to go, um, that broke off, and I had a pretty big hole in the deck, and that was yeah. And then that managed to fill up with water, um, but I didn't realise it was full up until right at the end. So I managed to have about a month um, rowing where I had a whole hatch full of water, and that's probably probably about 150 kilos or so. So that's the reason why you didn't win, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I can't can't blame that. But I was going faster once I got rid of it. So <laughs> yeah, naturally, I, I mean, I wasn't um, I wasn't aware actually that it was a race. Um, uh, how many boats were were sort of involved in the in the whole event? I think it's twenty six. Okay. Um, there's still four going. Um, there should be. Oh wow. Maybe three going. Um, and there's two that will be coming in in the next 24 hours or so. So that's that's quite exciting. And the, were they all solo rowers like yourself? Uh, no, so there's fours, pairs okay. um, and, and solos. And all doing it for charity or some doing it for the madness of it? Um, well, I, I think mo- most most crews are raising an amount of money for charity, but um, there, are, there are teams that have kind of paid for it themselves and um, and that sort of thing. So... Yeah, a lot. A lot of people are probably doing it for kind of personal, you know, just because I want to row the Atlantic mm. instead of actually specifically wanting to raise money for charity. Okay, okay. Now you raised a, a massive amount of money. How much did you raise in the end? Uh, so it, it's still going up. Still um, going up. There you go. Yeah. You can. I uh, will tell you how to, uh, to to <laughs> pop some money in the pot at the end. How, um, why is it still going? Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess why, why is that still going once you've completed the uh, the, the challenge? Um, well, obviously, there's there's still quite a lot of people that are interested in it. Still, people that are hearing about it, which is really fantastic. Mm. Um, also, there's 
uh, so the boat hasn't been sold yet and that's that's quite a lot of money okay um, it's just yeah things that haven't quite been accounted for we can kind of estimate how how much we've raised but we can't put an exact figure on it quite yet and that that boat um, is is particularly expensive because of the technology involved in building it. Is that correct? Um, well, there, there aren't that many manufacturers, and there aren't that many boats made mm. each year. So that's probably more the reason that it's uh, it's so expensive. And it, I, I guess it's quite time consuming because they're all they're all handmade. Mm. Um, and yet. Yeah, like you said, they they do have a fair amount of technology on it as well. Will that then be sold to a, a another potential Atlantic row or somebody who could buy it for anything? I mean, how how does it how does that sort of work? Yeah, anyone could buy it um, just to put in the garage if they, <laughs> <laughs> they really if they really wanted to keep an Atlantic rowboat in the in the garage, they could. Um, I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> Pretend they're at sea without yeah. having to actually go, <laughs> go yeah. back to sea. Yeah. A, bit, a bit safer, maybe. Um, now, talking of safety, you uh, you were delayed from Lagomera for, for three days. Um, uh, was that because of um, safety issues in terms of weather? Um, yeah, so so they wanted to give us a three-day weather, weather window to escape Lagomera. Um, so we kind of needed... a a, te- a wind which was pushing us away from the island um, so I, th- I think actually in the past it's quite unlikely for them to leave on the start date it's usually delayed a little bit so yeah I mean uh, I think I think it was five days um, when they actually found the weather window to give us some nice tailwinds to push us away so, yeah. and then how um, how many hours were you rowing per day I, I know you told us how many you were sort of planning on, on, on uh, rowing did it did it all sort of work, figure out to plan, or did you have to be a bit creative sometimes? Yeah, I certainly had to be a little bit creative. Um, it's it, it started off maybe 13, 12 hours a day. Mm. Um, in the at the start, I, I felt really tired. Um, it took it took, you know it took a while to get into a routine, um, but as it went on, I felt more confident um, about rowing rowing for longer, and I probably got up by the end to rowing to about 18 hours a day at points wow. so, so it's, it's really about sort of just getting yourself into a rhythm and, and, yeah. a, and a routine and once your your body is sort of managing that it, yeah once it's adapted hours. yeah it's just, uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> who, who would think anyone could adapt to uh, 18 hours of rowing day but i guess uh what was the thought of you know why you were doing it always in the back of your head or not yeah absolutely um you know there were some particularly hard times on the boat especially when there'd be a pretty large crosswind or or a headwind i mean when the when the oars feel really really heavy um i'd just get start getting really annoyed with everything and just start shouting start swearing at absolutely nothing <laughs> uh venting that frustration yeah yeah a little bit so yeah that was that was always in my mind to kind of keep going but I guess you, you know, that was your sort of way of dealing with it, and and maybe other people dealt with it in, I don't know, a slightly different way. Who knows? Yeah. Was yeah, was, was yeah. there a chance to have a chat with um, the other boats while you were out at sea? Was it was it uh, sort of a sort of a friendly rivalry? Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It's been like a, a really really nice kind of atmosphere, um, especially in, in Lagomera between the other boats. I mean, everyone, everyone's really nice. Everyone's helping helping each other out, and yeah. Uh, so we we were given a a list of um, of 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 the team names and um, and their satellite phone numbers. So yeah, I could always always phone them up 
That was really good. Just for a quick chat. Yeah, yeah, chatting absolutely. a cup of tea. Yeah, why not? Keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> now, before you left, we uh, we found out that you hadn't quite packed enough rations, and you were sort of panicking at the last minute. Did everything work out in terms of the amount of food you had? Was uh, was there enough on board? There was far too much. Far food too much. <laughs> <laughs> what what I, um, I I kind of miscalculated the um, the by the the amount per day. Um, so I think it was like. 200 calories or something under what I needed to be at um, but then I found that I I could barely eat that much anyway so I, ha- I had over half the food left over at the end so what happened what happens to that food does it go on to another another boat or do you chuck it in for the fish or I mean what what happens well it, it's still on the boat now um, okay so it'll come back with the boat and um, you can tuck into it at your heart. You can tuck into it, yeah, because a lot of it was actually in that in that cabin, which was full up with water. So I can't really give it away or sell it on. So I'll probably have to you know, uni breakfast <laughs> the next year. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you purchased it, so it'd be silly to waste it, hey? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, Callum, you broke a record. Um, you're the youngest youngest man to row across the Atlantic. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, young, youngest, youngest, oh, male? youngest person, person, male, to row across any ocean solo. I think. How do you feel about that? Because um, <laughs> you didn't, you obviously didn't do it for a record, did you? You did it for a, you know, very worth, worthy cause. But yeah. you know, in the process, you've obviously broken a record. You're going to the Guinness Book of Records, presumably. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll, so. we'll get a copy um, of that here at Brooklyn's Radio. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's. It's really cool, um, but yeah, like like as you said, it's just that it's an extra thing that's mm. uh, kind of like the icing on the cake, really. Absolutely. Now the uh, the weather must have been challenging at times. What uh, what was the worst uh, that you you had to sort of face while you were out at sea? Um, so there was a hurricane. Apparently, um, you, you knew nothing about like this. Hurricane. I mean, I thought it was a storm. And okay. Then I read a, I read a, like a press release on the. Tasker website today and it and it said that it was a um it was a hurricane and it was quite a bad hurricane for this time so um yeah uh that that was pretty challenging well uh, i mean it was loud it was really loud and everything was moving about so in a way it was a a little bit different i I wasn't really panicking or scared at any point i mean i was really confident in the Mm. boat um and your ability, yeah. of course. Not my ability. I mean, I was literally just locked in the cabin okay. um, for the, for this time. Right. Um, so is I, that what happens once there's a you know a warning of yeah a weather warning? Um, you're told to lock yourself away rather than continue rowing, presumably. Well, I mean, I, I couldn't really row in that um, right. because it was just the wind was too too severe i mean you could really hear the wind going against the side of the boat um and the you know the waves were pretty pretty big um and if you try to row in that you just wouldn't go anywhere so the solution is to put out a parachute anchor okay so it's pretty much a parachute okay um and it just slows um slows you down when you're being pushed backwards right um didn't really slow well it did slow me down but i still got managed to push back got pushed back 25 miles i think oh Goodness um, me, that must have been really frustrating. Yeah, it was a little bit frustrating. Um, but I guess but it pushes you back, but everyone else back at, at sort of the same 
same rate or or not? Yeah, well, so, so, some people got pushed back like two or three miles. And like, <laughs> well, that's not fair. How does yeah, that work? I don't know. <laughs> Probably did something completely wrong. But, oh well. <laughs> I'm maybe, here now. <laughs> maybe they had a bigger parachute anchor. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Now, uh, without being rude, Callum, you uh, you obviously needed to pack in the pounds uh, before you uh, before you went out because you were going to burn an awful lot of calories. How many calories did you burn, sort of on average? I'm not too sure. <laughs> was it supposed to be six thousand? It was supposed. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be eating six thousand and burning eight thousand. Goodness me. Um, you didn't eat but enough. I didn't. I didn't eat six. I definitely didn't eat six thousand. Um, probably ate more, more like four and a half thousand, four thousand, um, and then really not too sure how I, how much I burnt, but I ended up losing about fifteen kilos throughout the okay throughout the time. Um, but in the two weeks I've been back, I've put on another five kilos. <laughs> put on a five kilos. So. Callum, Callum's looking. Yeah. Um, he's looking uh, thin. He's looking uh, in in fighting form. So uh, yeah, he's looking sharp. And um, I had got to mention your your hair because um, it must have you must have um, had quite a lot of sun out there. Is that uh, presumably that that um, colour of hair? Um, and for those obviously listening, um, it's um, it's it looks like it's peroxided basically. Uh, is that simply the sun, or have you have you done that since you got That's back? The sun, it's the yeah. sun, yeah. And it's um, it's it's quite a transformation. I think. I mean, you, you've got you haven't got blo- you know, blonde hairish, haven't you? Sort of blondy well, brown. I did have blonde blondy hair. brownie <laughs> hair, but this is uh, this is honestly peroxidey. You know, if he chucked his head in a, a pint of bleach, then that's is kind of how it would come out. So I guess um, that's going to uh, get back to normal fairly soon. But uh, yeah, obviously uh, looking a little bit different, bit of a tan. Although Callum does say his uh, tan has faded. In the last two weeks, I don't so, really do the sun. I <laughs> kind of burn, go a bit red, and then it... <laughs> there's some fantastic pictures. We were looking at uh, the uh, the pictures of of Callum as he came into uh, Antigua. Um, we're trying to find them now. Um, he had a massive, great beard. Um, we must post these up on the uh, on the Brooklyn's radio. How, how was that growing the beard? I mean, obviously, you know, you didn't grow it intentionally. It just kind of doesn't don't have time to shave. I, I suppose. Yeah, I, well, I, I didn't bring a shaver with me. Um, I didn't really notice it. Until... Did you go through that itchy stage? Not really, no. So I, I tried to kind of go a, a little bit of stubble with, before I went out, so it wasn't like didn't have the itchy stage. Prepared, this man yeah, prepared yeah. everything. Um, didn't want to be that irritated, but it, yeah, I didn't really notice it until I decided to take a photo of myself and send it back. And thought, <laughs> oh God, what's that on my face? <laughs> I have to say, when I when I saw you. Uh, I saw some pictures um, on, uh, I think it was the BBC News, and, and this great big, great big beard. It uh, did remind me of um, Tom Hanks from the Castaway movie, but uh, <laughs> obviously you were a little safer than he was. Now, just uh, let's let's just talk finally about um, you know you seeing the finish line, you seeing Antigua. What what sort of feeling was going through your head at that point? Uh, probably disbelief. <laughs> okay. Am I hallucinating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did hallucinate some pretty weird things. Um, so yeah, actually, actually seeing it was kind of kind of like, is, is this real? Um, it, part part of me kind of didn't want to get off the boat. Okay. That sounds a bit weird, but. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a long time to to be in one place yeah, by yourself, and you yeah. kind of must get used to that, you know, regime that you yeah, get into. Strange, strange lifestyle. 
simple lifestyle. Um, I mean, how, when when did you see? When was the first? How far were you away from seeing Antigua for the first time? Do you know how many miles? Well, I was thirteen miles away. Okay. Um, I think it probably should have been a little bit further away when I saw it. Um, but when when it was thirty miles, it was it looked quite big. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was a bit lax on that, which is which is strange. I should have been turning around all the time. But I so I think someone said something like fifty miles. Okay. When if it was a clear day, you'd see it. But even fifty miles in the grand scheme of what you uh, what you achieved is you know uh, minimal. So well, uh, I don't know. Fifty miles seems like ages. Well, yeah. I mean, how long did <laughs> it take you? Fifty miles. <laughs> so ages. Uh, once you'd seen Antigua, how long did it take you from seeing it to to sort of actually get to shore? Do you know? Um, no. no. <laughs> I, I would guess. Three and a half, four hours okay. time. So that relief must have been, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a fantastic feeling. Did yeah. you, you presumably know you, your mum was going to be there? Were your brothers there as well? Or uh, no, my brothers didn't come out. They didn't come out? No, it, it was half term, so okay. flights were pretty, uh, pretty expensive. Sort of like four times more than they okay. usually were, so bad time to come in. It should have been a bit faster. <laughs> and then did you spend any time in Antigua, you know, before you flew back to the UK or not? Yeah, yeah, you spent uh, like a few days. Bit, bit a bit, bit of a rest. Yeah, yeah. I had. Um, I was very lucky to be in um, in a very very nice place. Mm. Um, I just kind of relaxed on this massive, massive double bed for <laughs> most of the time. So. And uh, your mum, she must have been, you know, one proud of you, but two incredibly happy to see you. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could hear her screaming. From she went out in a little boat. Um, okay, she managed to, managed to persuade someone to take a tiny boat out in the um, <laughs> kind of last half mile or so. <laughs> um, so I kind of heard her screaming, and like the way it wasn't it wasn't that wavy, but it was wavy enough for in this tiny boat for it just to be going off and. Uh, and he thought, eh, is that really safe? <laughs> Probably not. <but laughs> yeah, I, I could hear her screaming for the last bit. So that was uh, good stuff. Quite reassuring, I think. And uh, Cal, are there any other uh, any other challenges you now have got uh, sort of in the pipeline, or are you going to take a bit of a rest? Is is it something you potentially want to do again, or you know, another challenge? Is there anything around around the corner? Well, I, ha- I have thought about doing it again. I would quite like to do it again. It's just um, whether whether I can. Yeah, do, do all the fundraising again, and mm. uh, and, th- and that. So because uh, that must be incredibly time-consuming. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it does. You know, it's been two years of pretty pretty full-on. So so yeah, it's uh, whether I can make that that big commitment again. But yeah, I, I would love to do something similar again because it was a, a really incredible experience. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Callum, I mean, it's it's uh, truly marvellous to have you here after. Um, such an amazing uh, achievement uh, you know three thousand miles three months the the whole lot it's uh, it's absolutely wonderful and um, we are very grateful for you coming into the studio and uh, if anything does happen in the future we would of course love to uh, be able to support you so Callum thank you ever so much uh, for popping into the studios after your uh, your trek um, and uh, we will certainly keep in touch oh, Callum Gallicole much. everybody <laughs> Brooklyn's Radio